After the actor, um, my name is Denise Janae, and I'm sitting here with Terrence Rosemore. I'm excited because we have, um, in my opinion, an iconic uh, performer here today, stage, screen, television, Miss Carol Sutton. And I always do this to her whenever we go places. I say she's, a, you know, I, she's a movie star. And <laughs> she's like, don't he's he is one too, and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Don't you, don't. No, no, but, iconic. Um, that means I'm old. That's no, no, means. iconic means you a trendsetter. Um, I, I I say this also. I, I I always felt that way, but I was at a SAG uh, Foundation workshop a couple of years ago, and Megan Lewis, who is an uh, Emmy Award winning um, casting director. Um, and Carol wasn't in the room, and she said she said this in front of like a hundred actors. She said, pound for pound, Carol Sutton is one of the best actors in this region. Isn't and, that nice? That is so nice of Megan. And, and, and Megan is not one to sugarcoat. And Megan is not. That's why I'm, I'm shocked. I, I, I'm grateful that she said that. That's so nice of Megan. Um, Wanted to know what projects are you working on right now? Well, right now I'm, I'm doing a play for Southern Rep Theater called Suddenly Last Summer. It's a Tennessee Williams oh. play. And it's going to be in conjunction with the Tennessee Williams Festival. Okay. And I'm excited about it because it's a non traditional casting. And uh, it's at a new theater, a brand new theater that's going to be opening in my neighborhood. And when, you, when I say my neighborhood, I get excited because I live in the ghetto. And for them to open, they've rebuilt this uh, building and they've turned it into a theater. And from what I heard, it's absolutely beautiful. It's called Ashe Powerhouse is the name of the theater. And Southern Rap is doing Suddenly Last Summer. And they asked me to play Sister Felicity in it. And I accepted because I love working with Southern Rep uh, in the first place, but also that it it means so much for me to have something in my neighborhood. I can walk to the theater to do that. Yeah. So I'm walk. I'm doing that. I just finished a movie last week in Baton Rouge called Showing Roots, the cutest little movie you ever saw, with Cecily Tyson, Elizabeth McGovern from um, Downton Abbey. Maggie Smith from the Taken movies, Yuzo Abduda, I'm sure I messed her name up, I'm sorry Yuzo, <laughs> uh, from uh, Crazy Eyes from Orange is the New Black, at Adam Brody. And it's uh, and then they had a wealth of, uh, of uh, local actors in it, like J.D. Evermore and uh, Carrie Cahill, Richie Montgomery, Ron Flagg, Dane Rhodes, wow. uh, myself. And we just had a ball. It was just uh, one of the most rewarding things. And, and doing research for your visit, I was looking at IMDb. Mm -hmm. And your credits go back to 1969, is that correct? 1973. And I know that because it's the year my, my baby was okay. born. Ani was born in 1973, and my first movie was called The Autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman with Cecily Tyson. And I was actually pregnant with my daughter when I did that movie. So it's been 41 years now. Wow. And so one of the things I noticed about your um, IMDb is that 
uh, up, up through the seventies and eighties, and you'd already told me because of your family mm-hmm. and and your work. You worked at uh, TCA. Total Community Action for forty three years. Forty three yeah. years that uh-huh. you couldn't commit to uh, film and TV. Mm-hmm. But I noticed, I started counting like when the tax credits got to New Orleans and particularly after Katrina, mm-hmm. uh, you're, you know, you, you're getting more work than you, you did when you were younger. Mm-hmm. And you've, you've done 11 or 10 movies this past year. This past right? year, I've done, I did 10 movies this past year alone. Absolutely. And it was good, good parts, uh, you know, t- t- two and three weeks. That's pretty good to, to, to get done in a movie. A lot of times it's just the date. But I was lucky uh, this past year. And then to start off this year. Lucky, I mean, you good. Yeah, well, thank you, baby. <laughs> uh, blessed. I will put it like yeah, that. Right. And then to start off this year with a three-week uh, movie, you know, we worked three weeks in it, Ron Flagg and I. Uh, so, so, so what movies you got coming up? What are some of those those 10 movies that you're coming? Uh, uh, so some of those 10 movies that uh, that's coming up, and if I can remember them. Whatever ones you can remember. I, I, okay, one's called Cold Moon. Now, th- this is it. The last two I did, like in November and December, were horror movies. And now for me, that's something, because I'm not a horror movie kind of girl. But one's called Cold Moon, and the other one's called Abattoir. And Abattoir is slaughterhouse in French. And so it's about this guy who goes around and cuts out all the houses where these uh, slaughters, I guess for a better word, have taken place. It's massacres have taken place. And he builds this one house with all these rooms from these where these massacres have taken place. Now, when I read the script and I got to page 10 and 10 people that already gotten killed, I said, oh my God, this is going to be something. But one of the things that intrigued me about it is that I'm one of the bad guys. Mm-hmm. I get to actually uh, I killed the sheriff. I killed Spuds in this one. Spuds McConnell's in this Is this one. your first time being a bad for killing somebody in the movie? This is my first time killing somebody in the movie. I actually, I did one day on the movie. And, okay. And I read the script and it's, yeah, it's Oh, crazy. yeah, that's right. Because Terrence yeah. would bring me out there to the set where I had to think. Yeah, yeah. And I got yeah. fortunate enough to, yeah. uh, to, to get one day. How did you get into acting? Um, it's, it, it's the strangest thing because that Shiki Project Theater under the leadership of the legendary Dr. Ted Gilliam, uh, came into my community and my church. I was very active in the church, and I still am to this day. It was called St. Francis of Sales Catholic Church. It was a very progressive church back there in the 60s. And uh, the Shiki came in to use the auditorium of the school for a theater. So their first play was Moon on a Rainbow Shaw. And I would go over and I'd sit in the audience while they were rehearsing because we were always around by the church. We started a coffee house in the basement of the rectory where the kids in the neighborhood could come and it was like you read poetry, you know, it was back in the beatnik type times, you know. And so what year was this? Yeah, uh, it was like 66, 67, up in there, you know, 68, so you got more than 43 there. years in this. Oh, I got more than 43 years in the business, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. as far as uh, uh, theaters, if, you know, add up the theater portion of it, close, close, going on 50 years. But um, we'd also, we were always there. So when that Shiki came over, I'd always go over to sit in the audience and I'd look. And I'd sit in the audience and look. And so one time the director said, you think you can do that? 
tag team of And I said, I know I could. <laughs> and that was it. So the very next show, he put me on stage. I cried every day because I didn't know what I got myself into. But I just had a feeling I could do it, you know. But I was not confident at all. I cried every day. And then, but I got through it and I have not been off stage since. And I guess that's been about maybe 1967 or something like that. How did your friends and your family re react to oh. you saying that? What were you studying at Dillard? I, I wasn't at Dillard. See, that okay. was it. Okay. I was at Xavier. Dillard, okay, what were you studying at Dillard? At Xavier, I was uh, in uh, education. Okay. Because I wanted to be a lawyer, and then well, I graduated from Xavier Prep, and if you look at my yearbook, you see I, my ambition was to be a lawyer. But I, when I went to college, I was kind of talked out of it because it was the time, you know, and what, what kind of, um, well, you know, so I was kind of, so I was going to education. But I was at Xavier, I wasn't at Dillard. Okay. But my, my family, my mother was a musician. My mother played on Bourbon Street when she was a young girl. So it's in our, you know. What instrument did your mother play? My mom played the piano. Okay. Oh, my mama, I can remember my mother. She, and so she wound up playing for the church. She was our church pianist. Okay. You know, and uh, I can remember, like, in uh, we had a, fam, uh, a piano in the house, and if there was a funeral or something like that, you know, in New Orleans, you go back and you have to repass and, you know, stuff like that. And I can uh, remember they'll ask my mama, uh, Ma, go ahead and play him. I would be playing, and then I had an uncle called Uncle Jim, and Uncle Jim would say, Marguerite, put him in the alley. When he say that, that means the blues was about to start, you know, and stuff like that. So, the, you know, she'd go from the church music to the blues, you know. So, uh, yeah, she put herself through school playing on Bourbon Street, so. Man, that's, that's awesome. Mm hmm. Um, what is the most fulfilling role that you've played so far? You know what? I, I cannot tell you that there's one role that I say was more fulfilling to than the next. The, the role that I successfully do is fulfilling to me. Now, there are some roles that I felt I, have, I wasn't a success at, you know, but the roles that I felt I've successfully done, they are... Uh, uh, I can remember one of them in particular with, with Dashiki. It's a play called Boozman and Lena. Mm -hmm. And it's about the Afri an African uh, apartheid. And it's an Af Afrikaan on the plains. And it's a man and a woman. And they're just wandering the plains together, Lena and Boozman. And then they come across an old African. And uh, Lena, because Boozman will never, Lena talks and Boozman will never. They, you know, he, she, he just fussed at her. And so she had somebody to talk to. And then she had to look at him. He was so upset, Boozman, she had to say, I'm not happy. It's true, I'm not happy. But you know, she was happy and stuff like that. I always think about that role. I, I, I love that role. Uh, Norbert Davidson wrote a mu musical called Falling Scarlet. We had so much fun doing that musical. It was about slavery time, believe it or not. It was about slavery time. <laughs> But it was a musical about slavery, but we had so much fun. So, you know, it's, it's been a, a number of parts that's been fulfilling to me. What is uh, some of the common mistakes that you see new actors do? Because you're a veteran. You've done mm -hmm. this. A lot of the professionalism that I got, I got from the, the people at Dashiki. No, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yourself and... Everybody I yeah, work with, because I wasn't know. taking this. I came yeah. in thinking oh, I could do this. I got a baby. Mm. I got a story I can tell you about Mr. Tim. <laughs> <laughs> and so I came in kind of cocky, 
I was 25 years old, yeah. thinking I could do it. I, I think, just like you, my first week, I broke every rule in stagecraft. And every day I wanted mm -hmm. to quit. Because mm -hmm. I said, okay, I, maybe I can't do this. He was I'm trying not. to quit. Ted, but Ted saw something in Terrence that Ted would not let him quit. And Terrence gave us hell. I'm not lying to you. He was, he was I know he was in school. I, I, I don't know if your mom was sick then yeah, or something yeah, she like was. that. And so it was a, a show called uh, Joe Turner's Come and Gone. And he was playing the lead in that. And it was a demanding part. And But he didn't want to be there. He, I mean, he was just, he was being ugly with everybody. Else, but, but Ted saw something in that child. And he was not going to let him give up on himself. You know, he saw something. He, he, I always said that acting saved my life. I, yeah. mean, I wasn't planning yeah. on doing nothing crazy, but... It gave me a sense of, it gave me something to hang on to when mm -hmm. I thought there was nothing to hang on when my mother was ill yeah. at a you know young age. But getting back, I know I did a bunch of stuff that mm -hmm. I look back now. So mm -hmm. oh my God, what was I? I'm surprised people didn't kick me out of there. Mm -hmm. So what, what you know, working not so much in theater but film, movies. What are some things you see? You know, coming well, but I, I learned my discipline in theater, and I guess it's because I. I first learned the love of it and wanting to do it and being around people that that wanted to do that. I mean, we weren't getting paid anything back then. We just wanted to be together. We just wanted to put on a wonderful uh, play for the people of our community. We wanted them to have that uh, opportunity to see some good theater too. So we did that. I mean, we would be, we would rehearse to a certain hour, then we'd go out and party and talk about our rehearsal, then we'd go to work. You know, we just always together. And I guess I learned that discipline of knowing my lines, of of knowing my characters. I see a lot of young uh, people coming into the theater, coming into films and stuff like that for the, the glory of it, more than for uh, wanting to do the love of it, the more than the, the passion. You know, it's a lot of times it's for the glory of it. It's a lot of times they... They just want to say they've been around so and so or such and such and stuff mm -hmm. like that, you know. And they'll they'll get on set and they will ask you. They'll they'll talk to you and talk to you and talk to you, and that's fine because nobody's uh, not not wanting to talk to them. But a lot of times people are on that set preparing themselves mm -hmm. because somebody's paying you a whole lot of money to get in front of a camera and to emote and emit this particular character, you know? So it takes a lot of times, it takes preparation for that, right. you know? I, I just did this movie called Showing Roots. I was thought saying, saying about what Miss Tyson, and I just, it was just lovely to see that um, we'd set up the scene, and then Miss Tyson would be called to come in after how uh, Stanton had, had walked the scene, she'd be called, told what to do, A, B, C, that, and she was like, Whoa. she was right there on it. She was right, she was right there on it, you know? And so I said, oh yeah, when I grow up, I'm gonna be like her. <laughs> yeah. Um, take us through your audition process. Your agent calls you, says, okay. I want you to, you know, put you yourself on tape or- I, My agent in. doesn't call anymore because I had an agent, Terrence had a, we had an agent, Claudia Spiker. We had an agent, let me tell you, and she died. Now, she would call. She would be the one to call. A lot of times, because a lot of times my computer was broken, and she would say, uh, 
well, Carol, come on, get a pencil and paper and take down these lines. And she'd read the lines to you and wow. stuff like that, you know. But she died on us last year this uh, in January. Mm -hmm. So now my agents are out of uh, out of Atlanta, really, you know. So I get the email, and I was just telling uh, telling some actors today because we just coming from this audition that I got an email for this particular project on one day, and the next day I had to audition for it. It was 11 pages of dialogue. Wow. Now, the young actress said, in, well, that's said, well, you know, you could, could have had your uh, pages in your hands and stuff like that. But then I looked at it and I said, well, you know, we didn't grow up that way. If we go in and audition, it's almost like we prepared. For, I, I almost feel like you give your best performance in that audition. So they go on and hire you. I've heard people say that. Yeah, so they will go on and hire you. So I, I try to be as letter perfect as I can, or if I can't be letter perfect, to know as much about that character, about that situation, at that particular time that character's going through, whatever that particular situation might be. And so that's what I do. Then I, I study it, uh, study the lines, then I read, study my lines first, then I read the, the whole thing to find out well, what's exactly going on, what's going on in this thing. And then, you know, how you hear people say they do you, you do your little backstories and stuff like that. Sometimes it's help. Sometimes it sounds crazy and you do your backstories, but then sometimes the, those backstories really do help you to get to where you want, that process you want to be at. Yeah. You know, so that's what it is. And then my last thing is to go in there and say, I'm going to get this role. You know, I don't get them all, but and I'm shocked when I don't get them. But for whatever reasons, you know, but I always go in there thinking, it's like, oh, it's my lottery ticket, think I'm going to win the lottery, you know? <laughs> and, and that's, that's very important, because I see so many actors that are self-defeating. Yeah. When they go in and they're giving themselves excuses. I, I work with Chance Palminteri mm -hmm. on a movie, I was his assistant, and he told me something. He said, man, when I'm sitting back when he used to audition regularly, uh, when he started getting a little heat, you know, where he had gotten, did some things, I think, before he got nominated for the Oscar. Yeah. And, uh, but he was starting to get a higher profile. He was still going to read and audition. And he said, I'd sit quietly in the room and I'd think about how great I am mm -hmm. and all of the wonderful things that I have to offer to the world. Mm -hmm. And so he basically put himself in a positive spot. Yeah. And so my, my, uh, my personal technique has changed over the years because I took, you know, a couple of years off. Uh -huh. And so when I came back, it took me about two years to find a, a procedure or a ritual that worked for me. Okay, yeah. And, yeah, and some things I, I changed from when, you know, because uh, auditions, I always looked forward, forward to them. Okay. And then when I came back, I wasn't. Yeah. I'd see an email, <laughs> give an audition, I'd get freaked out. Uh -huh. You know, because I put undue pressure on myself. Yeah. Um, What's um, what's the best? You remember the best audition that you've ever had that you didn't get? Um, mm -hmm. I remember that because I, I got the I got the um, parts right on the on the spot. Uh, Brent said he had never seen anything like that before in his life. It was uh, they were going to do a remake of uh, uh, the Big Valley, and. 
it was, uh, I don't know if y'all, y'all probably don't know the big deal. It was TV show. It was, yeah, a, it was yeah. a western, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Jessica Lange. Like in the late 60s, early yeah, 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in this, the, 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 uh, the guy has a, a illegitimate child or something like that, and I played uh, the person that helped raise this illegitimate child. And I just went and I was on my way to call back for the help in Mississippi. And they say drop off in Baton Rouge on your way to Mississippi to you know to, to audition for for this the big battle. So I did, and I don't know why I was in the zone. I was just in the zone, and uh, I. I said thank you know they say thank you I say thank you and I was walking out and they sent a burnt capillary out to get me and coming back they say it, it don't get any better than this you got the part <laughs> now I couldn't do the part because I had to have an operation yeah. it, it went on it dragged on so long with them getting finances and stuff like that that I had to have an operation so they shot it with another actor. I guess they shot it I don't know if they even okay. shot it you know but I had to uh, I had to have an operation but now a lot of times when Brent we use that audition to show to other people, and I don't even have to audition for some things. Uh, if they see that audition, they'll just go on and, and want me for the, for their project. That, that's awesome. Now, mm -hmm. what's um, what's the worst audition you've had, and you actually booked it? Have, did you ever go in and say, "Oh, I sucked," and then you? I, uh, most of them. <laughs> <laughs> most of them. I think you know. I never thought I've done the best I could. Mm -hmm. I always think I know one of my worst auditions that I'll never can you know you always say but I didn't book that one but it was uh, it was a Nicolas Cage movie and I don't know if it was a bad lieutenant movie or something oh, uh, the Hungry Rabbit Jumps not that one okay. no it was something anyway it was a good part and I had rehearsed it rehearsed it rehearsed it rehearsed it so we talked about it in the car and then all of a sudden, he said, okay, now do it uh, do it a different way. And Terrence, I had down so much in my mind that I couldn't give him nothing different. Mm -hmm. And that's what made me know. Remember when we were talking yeah, about yeah. that? I could not give that man anything different because I had solidified every wink, every mm -hmm. blink of the mm -hmm. eye, every thumb, blah, 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 blah. And that's when I know you can't do that. You got to just be in the moment, you know, whatever that moment brings you. What I love is that you've been doing this for 47 years and you're still learning. Yeah, oh yeah, you're always, you're always learning. That happened Every, to me, at, yeah. I, I mean, cause that happened to me on Tremaine my first season. Mm -hmm. Like I was telling you, I was so wanting to mm -hmm. be exact with, you know, Mr. Yeah. Simon's uh, words. And when I got on set, um, they, you know, whatever decisions I made and I locked in, I'm thinking I'm going to another level of professionals. I'm going, you know, leaving nothing to chance. Mm -hmm. I'm working everything out. And when I got in there, every decision I made, he wanted, actually, I was working too hard. Yeah. I was okay. overthinking it. Yeah. And he was like, no, just throw it away. Yeah. Throw it away. And once they, that, that's, that was my come to Jesus moment, um, not only on the show to me, but as an actor. As an actor, yeah. And, and I also saw Jeffrey Tambor tell an uh, uh, actress that when we were shooting uh, D-Train with uh, Jack Black. Okay. He, he leaned over and told her something. And I didn't, I couldn't hear it because I was on the other side of the table. But I just instantly saw the dynamics of the scene change. Uh -huh. And so when we were walking to our cars after, you know, we wrapped, I said, what did Jeffrey lean in and tell you? She said, oh, to, and it was one line she had. She said, throw it away. Okay. And and sometimes those one lines, yeah. especially in an audition, that yeah. can be the hardest thing. That's the hardest thing. That is the hardest thing. 
This I, I have the, the shortest part in Suddenly Last Summer. But let me tell you, I have, because Catherine, I don't know if you're familiar with this Tennessee Williams show, but Catherine is going off, and I'm the nun. Catherine is, is crazy the loony bit, but I'm the, you know, the nun. And so I have a lot of sit down, be still, be still, dear, sit down, Catherine, dear, be quiet. It's kicking my butt, do you hear me? Because <laughs> <laughs> I call them the Tennessee Williams police. And they know every line Tennessee Williams wrote. And so, honey, I want to make sure when I'm supposed to say be still, I'm not saying sit down. That I'm actually saying be still. You know? So, yeah, it's sometimes the little smaller parts of the words that give you hell. Because when you have, a, like, like uh, Mrs. Venable in it and Catherine, they have pages and pages and pages of dialogue. And then you just come in for... Be still, dear. Or sit down, dear. And, and, but you got to make sure that it is, it's natural. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Is there a difference between how you prep for an audition and how you prep once you've actually gotten the role? You know what? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Uh, for I guess, but I guess it is. I guess if for an audition, I'm prepping to go in there and get get the job. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going in there, I'm hungry. I got the eye of the tiger. You know, I'm going in there and get the, get the job. And then after I, I got it, I'm prepping to actually know everything there is to know about this person that I'm about to, about to bring to the screen. You know, I got, I, I was so, um, I got one coming out next month with uh, Danny Glover and Danny Trejo and Lonnie Love called Badasses on the Bayou Three. <laughs> Wait, but it's the old people. And the old people are, are fighting, and, you know, the two daddies are fighting. That was a fun movie and stuff like that. But I was so excited when I went on IMDb and uh, they said, um, you know, starting starring Danny Glover and Danny uh, Trejo and Lonnie Love and and also this one because they were on the other in the other two, and this one is starring uh, John Amos, the fa uh, the legendary John Amos from Good Time and blah 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 blah, and asked his wife Carol Sutton from The Help and stuff like that. That just screamed like, yeah! I've arrived. Yeah, yeah. What, what, keep, what keeps you going? What keeps you? You know, because I mean, to the level of professionalism, the the level the level of craftsmanship that I've watched you exhibit over the years. What, what you know, because I've seen people who fall off. You Like you say, a lot of the younger generation, mm -hmm. they're in it for the fame and the yeah. fortune. But what what, what I, keeps your flame burning? Being hungry for for wanting to, to do it. You know, being hungry for knowing I, I can do it and wanting to do it and thanking God that I can do it. And also for just the sheer pleasure of you working with a big star and they and they say, damn, you're good. <laughs> I love that, you know. Right. I don't know what they expect. I don't know what they be expecting, you know, but you you casted it. I, I remember I was doing this movie and this uh, famous actress and stuff like that. And um, we were do, we did the scene, you know, we just ran the scene the first time. And he, she looked at the, the, uh, the director and she said, but she's so good. But yes. You know, I live in New Orleans. I'm not in Hollywood. I, I think, you know, I think a lot of these actors, when they go to these location shoots, 
the local talent could be, you know, hit or miss yeah. for these small roles. But they also know because they've been in these theater, you know, they've done theater, a lot of them. Mm -hmm. They know that there's some people, people out here that, that yeah. yeah, that can bring it. And, I, and, and with you, I think is you're, you're on a, you're on an A level. I hope so. And God, so it's I, not I like, it. well, she's the best of the people in this location, yeah, the, this locale, this yeah, city. That's not what I'm work, working they, for. They I'm see, they see, oh my yeah. goodness. And it's a trip because people in New Orleans are so humble. You easily could have went to Hollywood, oh, you mm -hmm. know, last week, last year. Yeah. But you chose. I sure. I, yeah, I've never here. been here. I, 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 it was such, it was so fulfilling for me working on True Detectives. That turned out to be, I got so many compliments from that little one scene that I did in that True Detective things, you know, and you just don't know. I start hearing from people all over the United States and stuff. You don't know who's, who's looking at you for something. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, who are some actors who you admire? Well, of course, I admire, like, Miss Cecily Tyson. And mm -hmm. them, you know, you got to admire them. I, I admire Madge Sinclair, uh, you know, people like that. But the newer actors, I love me some Viola Davis. Yeah, I, right. I just think Viola is so good. It's just, it's, uh, cause she's all into it. I mean, she got stuff running everywhere, you know? <laughs> <laughs> everywhere, stuff like that. She don't care. That's you know, that's the way I am. I just don't care. I don't care how ugly I look. I have friends that do, do want to just be beautiful all the time. Don't know. I'm not beautiful. I don't want to be beautiful out there. I don't care how ugly I look. Thank you, Carol. It has <laughs> been a pleasure and an honor Thank to have you, you as our first, our very oh, first guest. I'm too, I'm too honored. Of, of our Actor to Actor podcast, season one, episode one. <laughs> I'm Terrence Rosemore. I'm Denise Janae, and we've been here with Carol Sutton. Thank you all so much. Good luck with everything. Have me back. Have me back. You, you definitely will. Thank you for listening to Actor to Actor with Denise Janae and Terrence Rosemore. Mixed and engineered by Danny Cartell. <laughs>